Welcome to episode 57 of the Juice Box Podcast. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is brought to you by Insulate, makers of the Omnipod. And the Omnipod, as you know, is the world's only tubeless insulin pump. Okay, episode 57 with D-Mom Lisa Brunabend. Lisa is Cassidy's mom. This was actually recorded a number of months ago, but Cassidy has had type 1 diabetes for over a year. Uh, She's five years old. And this episode is great. It did not have any... It didn't have any preconceived notions about what was going to happen. Lisa and I got on the phone and we chat, and I think what you're going to find here is this is no different than if you or someone else you know with type 1 diabetes would call another person with type 1 or two parents or what have you and just talk about diabetes for an hour. This is just a really great kind of free-flowing conversation that I think you're going to enjoy. Just remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. And always consult a physician before making changes to your, you know, diabetes care plan. Oh. So you can't see me, I can't see you? Nope. Perfect. Good. Now I don't have to shave for a couple more days. So Excellent. I, I said to somebody the other day, I was like, you know, I've been a stay-at-home dad for like 16 years. And if women get to put on sweatpants and not shave their legs, then I don't have to shave my face. I, so, I was going to say, I don't have to shave either then, but I didn't know if that was appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just jump into it. We're going to use your name? Yeah, that's fine. All right. Okay. Let's do it like that. Um, go ahead and introduce yourself, and then we will just kind of get rolling from there. I'm Lisa Brunabend. I'm the parent of a type 1 diabetic named Cassidy, who is five years old. Um, and we are a little over one year into diagnosis. All right, Lisa. Now, this is, we have absolutely no plans for this conversation, which I sometimes think turns out to be the best episodes. Um, okay, so Cassidy, one year with diabetes. She was diagnosed around four years old. Right. Um, you know, what were the circumstances? How did you figure out what was going on? Well, um, my mother-in-law... My husband's mother was type 1 diabetic. Um, She was diagnosed when she was four. Okay. So we knew that there was a hereditary component. And I have three children. And we had been kind of checking our oldest ones (laughs) off and on for years. Um, Kind of thought we were in the clear with the third one. But over the summer, she started to wet the bed. Um actually so thirsty that she was stealing water bottles um like other people's water bottles and then drinking them i i genuinely <laughs> thought you meant she was shoplifting water bottles no, no, i was she like was, what you know, an industrious four-year-old <laughs> if there was a water bottle on the table she was so thirsty that she would kind of take it and sneak off in the corner and drink it um and the one morning we were with my extended family and i was getting her dressed and smelled her breath and i thought my dad had given her candy her breath smelled very sweet yeah so I yelled at my dad <laughs> and he These swore, are my kids. <laughs> swore that he did not give her candy. And um, over the next hour or so, my sister and I kind of looked at each other and said, oh, you know what that is, right? <laughs> Arden's breath is what pushed us over the edge too a little bit. I described it to my wife as uh, sweet or metallic smelling. Yeah. And then my wife was like, oh my God, she has diabetes. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we're just lucky enough that we had already had, we had her four-year-old checkup scheduled for that Monday, Saturday. Okay. 
So we went into the doctor's office and said, hey, here's what we're seeing. They did a urine test there and said, go to the hospital. Do you remember what her blood sugar was when you guys got to the hospital? I don't think they ever told us that I can remember. Um, <laughs> but I do know that when we got to the hospital, you know, she she clearly had high blood sugar and she was very hungry. And so I was giving her a snack at the hospital while we were waiting in the ER waiting room. And um, so I know that her blood sugar when we got to the hospital um, was off the chart, but she had been eating crackers because I didn't know anything about diabetes, really. Right, right. Other than your mother-in-law had it. And she had it, but I, but not like... No, I understand. It was a different age. Yeah. She, I, I don't remember ever seeing my mother-in-law test her blood sugar. I saw her give herself shots, but I never remember seeing her test her blood sugar. Right. Not really realize that that was part of the whole situation until we were in the hospital. Yeah. I mean, there really is no reason to understand other people's chronic illnesses when right. they don't affect you. I mean, it, it, it's a, a nice feeling to think like, I wish the whole world knew, but you know, I, I, I've said it here before, like a friend of mine was diagnosed when we were at the end of high school and he's a really good friend. I spent years and years, you know, we were together a lot and constantly. And still when Arden was diagnosed, I still don't, I, you would think I would have known something about it from being around Mike, but I didn't really. So right, and you would think that my husband would have known something too, but he really didn't. Yeah, he was the child; she was the parent. Um, he knew how to give injections, mm-hmm. but there's a vast difference between your parent an injection and giving your child. Yeah, sure. Injection. No, I know it. It, so, it, it uh, it. I used to say that it. it I felt like it took a little bit of my soul every time I, I injected Arden when she was two years old. And, Absolutely. Yeah, you know, and the having to pin her down sometimes because she didn't want to stay still for it. And yeah. you know, there's a lot of bad stuff in there. But the good news is, and you will hopefully find this one day too, is that years and years later, um, when we had to go back to an injection one time because an insulin pump uh, didn't, it wasn't working for us, um, my daughter looked at the syringe and she didn't know what the heck it was. She oh. was like, she was like, what is that? What are you doing? And I was like, I have to give you a shot of insulin. And you've had like 10,000 of them. And, <laughs> and she just, she really didn't have any recollection of it at all. So wow, I hope that's, that's satiating to people. I yeah. mean, we just had that situation two weeks ago where her pump stopped working while she was at preschool and I didn't want to change the pump mm-hmm. while she was at preschool. So I just kind of snuck in with a needle <laughs> just a little ninja with a needle you were yeah i kind of just it, right. and she didn't even flinch to be honest with you i think because it just doesn't um it doesn't hurt as much as i, I she doesn't really like pump changes so and we use omnipod but she really doesn't like those pump changes and i think in comparison to that it'll just didn't hurt too don't much. you think and i don't know if you've been with it long enough but arden's used omnipod since she was four and she's, like, she's 11 now and we absolutely do really love it and so but I think it's anxiety. It's anticipatory. It's anticipatory it's anxiety. The noise. Yeah, and it clicks a little, and you and yes. you're like, you know, I can. I watch my daughter like wind up as it clicks. I'm like, you know, it doesn't hurt. You remember this from three days ago, right? You, you, you know, when the three days before that, and three days. But before that? have you ever put one on? Um, no, I, I, I literally, I, and I, I will tell you this, and I've said this here before, and I, I'm not afraid to say this, um, because of how young my daughter was when she was diagnosed at at two, like, and weighed like 18 right. pounds. People were like, check your blood sugar so you know what it feels like. Give yourself an injection so you know what it feels like. You should really wear the pump so you know what it feels like. And at that time, as the as the primary caregiver, as the stay-at-home parent, I thought, I don't know if I have enough courage to know what it feels like. 
because mm. because I have to do it to her. And yeah. what if after I know what it feels like, it stops me from being able to do it? Like I almost needed to be a little ignorant naive. of it. Yeah, naive. So exactly. I was the exact opposite. Okay. I felt like, and still do, that I have to experience everything before I do it to her, mm -hmm. so that I know um, what it feels like. So in the hospital, um, before they checked her blood sugar, they they checked my blood sugar, and I let her check my blood sugar frequently in the hospital and let her do it to me. Um, and she was four, so she wasn't great at it. <laughs> I she wasn't great at it, um, and I let her give me. Obviously not injections with insulin, but empty needles. Mm -hmm. I've let her do that. Um, when we went to Dexcom, I had the CDE put the Dexcom on me first so I could feel it. And I did the same thing with the pump. I felt like I needed to know what it felt like so that I could empathize with her. Um, so I've done, I've done all of that. And I will say that the Omnipod, when you put it on, I definitely flinched big time. Did not hurt, but I had to say to myself, did that hurt? Right. I feel like that should have hurt. It it's sounded the click. like it should hurt. <laughs> yeah. It's the click. It, yeah. it, it really, and, and it's, it's the same thing as in, in a clear moment, Arden will tell you it doesn't hurt. But at the same time, she it, when it clicks, she's still like, like, I don't know how to say it better than winds up. Like she is puckered by the time yeah. it gets there, you know? And I'm like, and I'll say to her each time, like, what, what is that? Like, why? And she goes, at this point now, it's because... Sometimes it inserts on the sixth click and sometimes it inserts on the seventh click. And I think I she's agree. just counting, wondering when it's going to be. I agree completely with her. When I'm doing it, I'm like, oh, 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 yeah. there it is. <laughs> you, just, you don't know when it's coming. Exactly. Right. No, it, it but, really is funny. But, yeah. it, you know, nevertheless. So, so OK, so uh, so now we're finding out a little more. So she's using um, Cassie's using Dexcom. Uh, she's using uh, Omnipod. Um, what kind of insulin do you have in the pod? Novolog. Novolog. Okay. And, and, and so you've only, you're a year into this. This is so great to talk to people who are newer diagnosed and to hear that they have insulin pumps and glucose monitors inside of the first year when that was just not, so not the norm when my daughter was diagnosed. So Correct. But I think part of the reason why we have that is because of blogs like yours, Facebook pages. I found, um, the, Night Scout, Dexcom Night Scout uh, Facebook page while I was still in the hospital with Cassidy um, and found your blog actually while I was still in the, in the, in the hospital with Cassidy. Um, and that I remember getting out, I was in the hospital still and I asked, I, I don't remember who came in, whoever it was that came in. And I said, I want, I want this Dexcom. Yeah, I want that now. Right. Yeah. Go right get now. one. Get it out of the closet. Right. You can't go home with that. Right. No, you can't go home with that. Well, how how long until I can get that? Because I need I need that. Um, and I fought very I fought very hard and very tough for it right straight out of the gate. Good for you. Um, because I knew it was a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. That makes sense. I didn't have to wait for um a doctor's office to tell me that it was a possibility. I knew it was a possibility. So we had Dexcom. She was diagnosed in August. We had Dexcom by the middle of October. And we were hooked up with Night Scout by the end of October. Um, and I wasn't ready for a pump yet. I had done some pump research, but just was not, was not there yet. Um, so really, it was our call when we went on the pump. Uh, we went on the pump in February of this past year. So she was maybe six months into diagnosis. 
And I was finally said, okay, I'm ready now to tackle something else. That, um, that's excellent because I think no matter what, you know, we were, gosh, Arden didn't get a pump until she was like four years old. So she had had, she had, she had, had diabetes for like two years. Right. And we only, we only made, we wanted a pump, but we only made the leap to the pump because we didn't want to let some stranger at a school and give, an, give yep. an injection to our daughter. Correct. But, but the feeling with us was, you know, the way the endo used to make you feel about it was that like, you know, you need to be, you need to live with type one diabetes for a very long time before you, you can even begin to understand an insulin pump. And so I always felt like, like it was like, it was never going to be an option for us because I never felt like I understood it well enough. You know, like, you know, you, and were, you still oh, don't. Right, right, right. And, and I don't either. <laughs> and, and had school not come up, like, I do wonder how long I would have let them I, I don't want to say pressure, but I guess it is pressure. It's like, it's like, well, you don't understand it well enough. You have to have these, these tools. And the fact of the matter is, is that these tools, you know, this technology is how, um, you know, Arden's people are going to hear this and get confused because I've recorded more than one episode today, but Arden's endo appointment was yesterday and her A1C was 6.2 and it's been around six, 6.2, 5.9, 6.1 for the last two years. And I was not, and I'm not saying people can't do it. I'm sure there are people who can. I was not able to achieve that kind of success without this technology. Like I just, I, I couldn't do absolutely it. Agree. I absolutely agree. Yeah. That you need to have the technology. And I, and I frankly feel like the pump and Dexcom together make you understand diabetes better mm -hmm. than I ever understood without it. Um, I think it forces, I think being on the pump forces you to understand basal rates. Whereas when you're just giving one long acting basal rate, there's not much to understand. Like there's, Levamir or, or, yeah, or, exactly. or Lantus. I mean, even if you're splitting, which was something we had read about and considered, um, I think I understand it so much better on the pump um, than I ever did before. And the Dexcom, obviously, seeing how food affects blood sugars helps you to understand these even more. It, 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 did it help you even understand your own health better? Oh, I have learned so much in the last year about nutrition and how food feels on my body yep. than I ever have learned in, in the, or my earlier, you know, 40 years of, of existence here. And I felt like I was a fairly healthy person before, you know, um, very athletic, very into sports, things like that. Felt like I was a very healthy person. And I would say in the last year, I have never, ever felt more healthy than I do now. I mean, just being able to see inside of your body in one way yeah. or another is just, and, and it's fascinating too. Now that the technology exists to watch your blood sugar go up and down and how fast yeah. it's moving and whatnot. And not just food, but what other life situation. Anything. Due um, to your blood sugar. Arden got injured playing softball. A half an hour later, her blood sugar started shooting up I just, bet. just from the pain, you know, and cortisol. And just those are things you would never, never think of, you know, before you had before you had the ability to see into it. And there, I, I always struggle for a way to really put it into words. But it's such an interesting idea that, that everyone's not set you know, at, at each diagnosis. They're not like, here's this thing that looks inside your body and tells you what your insulin's doing. Like, like you wouldn't. I don't like I, I don't know enough about other diseases to make like to draw a grand pa a great parallel, but there's just no other 
situation where someone would say to you, you know, here, administer this medication and you're going to be blind to how it works, but it very well may give you a seizure or if you don't use enough of it, here's the other stuff that could happen. But go ahead and wing it. I'm sure you'll be fine. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And hence why I think you feel similar to it. It should be standard issue. Yeah. Especially for children. I feel like that, you know, children that can't articulate, I feel this way. Um, a high or a low. Yeah, it's a big part of it. it. I think it's so important to have that Dexcom to be able to see what is actually going on. Now, Cassidy was pretty good at articulating it right from the beginning and could describe feeling low. Um, although, you know, at the time, I didn't know this, but her blood sugar was not technically low. She was feeling the fall. She was she was feeling low because she had been used to being so high. You oh, know, okay. She was feeling those symptoms at 130 140. Well, that's interesting. Um, I didn't realize at the time that that wasn't really technically low, um, but she would describe in those first com- couple weeks coming home from the pot hospital, she would describe her heart thumping very hard and feeling sweaty or clammy. Um, and we haven't really had too many lows since we got on the Dexcom. Yeah, sure. But she describes being, and she came home from school today, high. Um, and describes being blobby, feels very blobby Mm -hmm. and she's high and doesn't really want to do anything. And there's a definite personality change in that. It's a brain fog. Right. Which is just to me, so incredibly interesting and, and, and sad. I always think it always makes me sad. Like I always stop and think that there's something happening to my daughter that's not allowing her to be herself. And like, that's, that's how I feel about it. Like when she gets high and she's having, or she's low and she's having these reactions to things that aren't what she would normally be. If she was a person who didn't have diabetes, who wasn't being given man-made insulin, that in this moment, she'd be having a different, a different reaction to this situation. And that these are moments of her life that are lost. And not only that, but the people around her don't know how to make that 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 you know exception for her. they think right. oh you know she's look at her she's moody or look at her she look how nasty she was just here or something like that and right. it's just so unfair you know although so. i feel like cassidy is very lucky in some ways because she is so in tuned to her body um and i feel like some people go their whole life and never are in tuned to their body and what makes them feel good and what makes them feel not so good and how food affects her. And so in some ways I feel like she's really lucky to have been given this little gift, which I I know is a really strange way to look at it. Um, We have tried really hard in our household to um, make diabetes. I don't want to say positive because that's not really what I, I, I mean, but to make it, um, to look at it without, without a lot of anger and a lot of negativity. Um, we, we, my husband and I decided that very early on that we were just, we were just going to choose not to be angry about it is that that would just not bring any good to the situation. Yeah. And it's so hard for some people too. And you see online a lot of times that it, when you're tired and overwhelmed yes. and it's not working, it's so hard not to give over to the drama of it and just be like, and there are days. Yeah. Yeah. Like where it's like, this is so hard. And like, you, you, you know, I can't do this or this is never going to work out or whatever it ends up being 
or it's not fair or whatever. And that, that definitely, I couldn't agree with you more. You can't, you can't kind of go through the, your days with that attitude. The attitude really does need to be, um, you know, I wish that it didn't exist, but since it does, you know, here are some good things that come from it. And I completely agree with you. I always talk about having life perspective that is not commiserate with how long I've been alive. Right. You, you know, I should need to be older to see the world the way I see it. But because of diabetes and understanding the real, you know, I don't want to sound like a chicken soup for the soul book, but, but like understanding what really is important, it does help you in the rest of your life. You, you, you I know, agree. Yeah. When yeah. there's cr- things that happen, like, you know, you see it, Facebook's a great example. You have friends who, who don't have stuff like this going on and you see the, the level of what's got them twisted up and you're like, wow, I wish I'd wish. like to live a day where that was the worst thing that happened to me. Exactly. You, you know, exactly. And, and we do say in our household, we, we say it often, a thousand worse things. There are a thousand worse things out there than what we're dealing with. Yeah. And you know what's interesting is that that idea, I see people react to it both ways. I see the, um, and I, and I, I am burdened in life by seeing both sides of things sometimes. But I completely agree with you because my wife and I used to play a game in public called Diabetes or That. And, uh, and um <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, I don't, we haven't really done it much since then, but it was it, it did make us feel better because diabetes wins diabetes or that a lot of the times. Um, and but at the same time, you will hear people say like, "Don't minimize diabetes. This is horrible and it's difficult yeah. to live." And I completely agree with that too. You, you, you know, and and I know that makes me sound like I'm not taking a side, but I don't think there's always a necessity to take a side in a, in an argument. I completely get that you don't want diabetes minimized. And I completely get that there are worse things in my life that could have happened to me. Like, and so you have to find I think a middle it's both ground. Sides, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's a terrible disease, and I'm, you know, we are we are working towards a cure. We're doing fundraisers. We're doing all those things that we want because that's what we want for our daughter. I don't I don't want her to have to live with this for the rest of her life. I would rather live really very ignorant. I would rather take it myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time. At the same time, you can't ignore the good things that are coming either. I can't yeah. yet. I can't ignore all the other blessings that we have because that would be to your detriment too. You know yeah. why would you? Why and would you? Hers. You know, and yeah, hers. right? Why would you? Why would you get a life lesson and and throw it aside because you don't like the way it came to you? You know, right. like it, that's just that doesn't make sense either. I mean, adversity brings brings a lot of good, and you, you know, and at the same time, and and I'll repeat this: people have heard me say it before. I would trade absolutely anything to make Arden's diabetes go away. I would give back my perspective and I wouldn't. And I would take it myself. Yeah. And I don't care if I know what an Oreo does to me. Like, like, you know, like all that stuff. I get all that, but no, I completely agree with you. And I think it's a great. I would take it in a heartbeat. And I have told her that many times. And I said, I can't, but man, oh man, I will be right here on your team the whole entire time. And there is nothing anybody can do to stop me from doing that. Um, so, I mean, just thinking of the, the interviews that I've recorded in the last week that haven't, haven't come on yet, I talked to a woman who did a, um, the bionic pancreas trial for six Ooh. weeks, and she was just, it, it, she couldn't say enough good stuff about it. And she's a CDE on top of all that. And so oh. uh, yours will probably run after her. So go back and listen to that one if you haven't yet. It's Kelly, and she was on the, it'll probably be called Bionic Pancreas or something like that. I cannot wait for that technology to come out. Yeah. We've been watching, we've been watching that very closely. It, it just, she talked about how it just, it almost alleviated every burden she has during the day. I just, uh, that is, yeah. 
awesome. And that's what we are kind of, we're hoping, our hope for our child is that we will understand this enough that when that comes along, transition will be that much easier Mm -hmm. understand what's going on. And we're hoping to teach her as we go. So the transition will be that much easier. Well, and then also if you go back and listen to the interview I just did with Shacey Petrovic, she's the CCO of Insulate. Mm -hmm. And I asked her and she, she flatly agreed that at some point in the future, nearer than you think, most, if not all insulin pumps will be artificial pancreases. That that there'll be a moment in 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 your foreseeable future where a pump doesn't just give you insulin. Like they, those probably just might not exist anymore. And how? And, and, and that you know, I said to my husband when this happened, you know, this is not your mom's diabetes. Yeah, she didn't have any of this. We have we have come to diagnosis in one of the the biggest technological booms of diabetes that has happened in forever. Yeah, yeah. and. Not that I really would like to be part of this. I'd rather we weren't even part of it. <laughs> exactly. But if we're going to be part of it, what? You know, aren't we so fortunate to be in this spot? There's no better time and, than now, that's for sure. Yes, absolutely. And I just feel like, listen, I wish they would just cure it all together and it'd be gone and done. But at the same time, there are ways that we can move, move forward with yeah. this. Yeah, what's happening now is is significantly more hopeful than than what's happening and i don't even mean like cure stuff i just mean like day-to-day management stuff yeah day-to-day management i mean just just dexcom in general and night scout you know i know you use share we don't have share yet um because of the timing of you you guys fell into it when right when night night scout was there and i was i'll tell you what happened for me is that when night scout came out like i was one of those people who was like and I explained it back when I, I interviewed. Yes, I listened to right. that. I just, I am right. one of those people, like when I get my technology, I, and this might sound pampered, but I want it to be shiny and pretty and I want it to work. And I don't want to have to do anything for it because I'm not that technologically savvy. And, and it always scares me that something's going to go wrong and then I'm not going to know what to do. And worse, I'm not going to have someone that I can call on an 800 number and blame. And so, <laughs> See, and so I, I held off a little more. I come from a family of savvy that's what my dad does for a living that's what my brother does for a living mm-hmm. so when that came out and i showed it to my dad and my brother they were like yeah we got this we can do this yeah yeah right and, and, and so I, yeah so that's where you landed in the it was just right it, a no-brainer yeah absolutely no, and i completely agree with you i just you know and if my personality was different i probably would have been right behind you and okay, instead I, other I, skills what's that you have other skills i don't know about that my wife says i have a lot of skills that don't make money that's that's her. Own. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> that's what she likes to say. Um, so okay. So how how have you been? I mean, what do you find your focus to be? Are you day to day? Are you looking for a steady graph? Are you looking to minimize spikes and lows? Are you like all all focused on A one C? Like how would you? Because you talked in an, in an email to me. Um, you're not like you're not like restricting carbs, but you have more of a a carb light diet and, and you adopted that because of diabetes. Is that, so am I... We, I would call it a lower carb diet. When we get back from the break, we'll find out what Lisa means by lower carb diet. But first let me tell you about Omnipod. So you think you want an insulin pump, right? You want to be able to give yourself some insulin for a meal and then 10 minutes later realize you didn't give enough without sticking yourself with another needle. You'd like to be able to fix that with an Omnipod. Boom. 
couple buttons, you push, 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 and more insulin has been delivered. But let's be honest, there's a couple of different insulin pumps you could buy. Why Omnipod? How about this? How about no tubing? How about not being connected to anything? How about this little controller where you're pushing the buttons? This is not attached to you. Not by a long tube that delivers the insulin, not by anything. It's wireless. So the Omnipod is this tiny little thing. It's a couple inches this way, an inch and a half or so that way. It holds your insulin. The handheld controller tells the, uh, the pump what to do. You don't have any tubes. Not only that, you can leave it on for swimming. It's summertime, right? You want to go swimming. You want to be taking off your insulin pump and having your blood sugar go sky high? I don't think so. That doesn't make any sense. You want to be able to get your basal insulin while you're in the, in the shower, in the tub, in a swimming pool. And you want to be able to do all that with no tubes and no thing clipped to your belt or stuffed in your bra or in your pocket or what have you. I mean, come on, let's be honest. It's, it's 2016. I got to have a pager on me that gives me my insulin? No way. Omnipod. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to myomnipod.com forward slash demo, and you are going to get yourself a free, no obligation demo pod. That way you try it on and you see what you think. This demo pod's non-functioning, but it gives you the opportunity to see, you know, where would I wear this? How big is it? How does it feel? You're going to be able to fall in love with it. And then you're on your way. I mean, how easy could it be? I mean, honestly, it's pretty easy. MyOmnipod.com forward slash demo or the links in your podcast app or on juiceboxpodcast.com. So Lisa, you were saying something about lower carbs. Very interesting. Do tell more. When we came home from the hospital and they were recommend, I don't remember what they were recommending right now, but I was trying to put together these plates of food for Cassidy um, of however many grams of carbs that they were requiring. And I was really struggling to put that together because we were not a family that um, kids don't like pasta or rice. Um, we didn't really eat potatoes per se. <laughs> And so I remember the first month home making mashed potatoes. My kids going, is it Thanksgiving? <laughs> like, why are we having mashed potatoes? And it was because I couldn't come up with anything else that they would eat that had the amount of carbs that they were kind of telling us to eat. Isn't that funny? So you were trying to make carbs for the meal because someone said you, yeah. And now, and now with a little bit of, of foresight, of, of hindsight, how, how ridiculous does that feel to you? I mean, I took a picture at one point of a plate that I put together for Cassidy that had the number of carbs that I was supposed to have and then put together a plate that I would have put together for her, you know, two months prior. Yeah. And I was like, this is ridiculous. This four-year-old cannot eat this much food. And I showed it to, you know, to my office, to the, to the dietitian that was helping me. I'm like, I can't, I don't know what to do with this. I, I can't, she can't eat all this. And I'm dosing her for this and it's not working because she's crashing every time. And so I had to find my own way. What, so, what do you think, before you go on to what you did, what do you think was the onus for the office directing you in that way? Because this is new for me. I've never heard this one from anybody. So, um, I think that because she was young and she needed to take a certain amount of, you know, we could only take a half unit. Okay. Hmm. So and she, she was little. Have, yeah. Right. She needed to have a certain number of carbs to balance that half unit. And it was 
it, I forget, I can't remember how many carbs it was, but it was so many that she couldn't, you know, it wouldn't work. <laughs> yeah, she couldn't, she couldn't eat it all. And, and right. so you're injecting the insulin because it's the minimum amount you can use yes. and you've given her, and that's just, it's a, what right. an odd twisted way for them to think about it and, and tell you to do it. So we kind of just came up with, um, and you know, we were having, you know, the blood sugars, once we got the Dexcom in October, the blood sugars were, you know, very high, very low, up, down, um, you know, all over the place. Can I ask you, before you had the glucose monitor, were you testing at intervals that made you feel like you were doing a better job than you actually were when you now can see it with a monitor? Um, or did they you had know? Only to- they had only told me to test, like, at meals, mm-hmm. okay? And I was testing more than that because I was scared to death. Yeah, yeah, you're trying to figure um, out what's happening. So I was probably testing every two hours, maybe hour and a half, two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so I felt like I was, no, I felt like I was doing a terrible job. <laughs> okay, so you were already aware it wasn't going great. <laughs> I was already aware yeah. it wasn't going well. <laughs> um, and she was, and here's the thing. Here's the major thing. She didn't feel good. Yeah, you can tell. She felt terrible all the time. She was four, didn't want to do anything besides watch TV. I couldn't get her to do anything. Um, oh, here she comes. Yes, hi. Hi, Cassidy. Oh, she can't hear me. You're wearing headphones. I'm, I'm on the phone right now talking to Scott. Can you wait until after I'm done? Remember we talked about that? So that you're going to watch until that one show is over? Can you wait? Do you want to see who it is? Oh, she, you can't. That's just his picture. Sorry. Is that okay? We're talking about diabetes. Do you want to say anything about it? No. Okay. <laughs> That'll get her back to the television. Okay, so let me finish talking and then I'll get back to you. Deal? Or you can stay here, but you have to be quiet. Okay. <laughs> she sounds adorable. Uh, yeah, that'll chase her out of the room. Do you want to talk yeah. about diabetes? No. Goodbye. <laughs> Actually, she's pretty good. She teaches her teachers and things about diabetes. She's pretty good about it, but um, feeling quiet today, obviously. So, so, okay. So you, you weren't in that situation, but so you, okay. So you realize that this isn't working with the food. Do you make, when you adjust what you're doing, do you do it on your own or do you bother telling the endo, I'm not going to do what you told me to do? Um, I started out going through the endocrinology office, um, and slowly but surely started making my own, um, changes as I understood to our carb to insulin, insulin ratio. We started, um, giving quarter units, which they weren't a fan of, which I don't recommend for anybody. I was, was don't, don't do that. I was doing drops at some points when Autumn was first diagnosed. She was, she weighed like 18, 19 pounds and yeah, yeah, I would just do tiny bits. I, you know, um, and it wasn't until, you know, we went through Thanksgiving, which was, I, I remember last year at Thanksgiving, it was, we tried so hard. I worked so incredibly hard and it was, uh, she was over 400 all day long. Right. Um, and same thing at Christmas. I felt like Christmas was just high, then crashing low, then high, then crashing low. And I just thought, oh, this is never going to work. I'm going to, this is going to be, I'm going to kill my child. Like I, I was terrified. Um, and so I think it was in January where I said, okay, well, let's try it this way. Let's try not eating any as many carbs let's, let's try cutting it back and just sometimes not giving her insulin at all and see what happens 
and um, ended up with better, more smooth. Let's put it that way. We were still, I would say, you know, we, we were hitting the target at least. We were not hitting bullseyes for sure, but at least we were hitting the target. Yeah, you weren't wildly high or wildly right. Off, right? And we were much more smooth. If that makes any sense. No, it, it wasn't does. this crazy roller coaster. I mean, if she was over 200, she was over 200 and she was staying there, but she was smooth there. Um, and we saw a lot of improvement in her attitude. That. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, and so I started reading more about it and started. You know, my real desire for her was to, for her to have as normal as possible of a life and to be able to do the things that um, she wanted to do. Um, so I started, you know, doing my research again and reading and looking online and started finding some more recipes of different things that she liked um, that I could change into a lower carb recipe. And we started experimenting with that. And we just had a lot of success with it. Yeah. Um, and we started getting below 200 more regularly. <laughs> right. And we started just seeing, I remember that last spring, just seeing astronomical improvements in her behavior and her mood and her attitude. Um, and she was my sweet little girl again. That you- and I couldn't, I couldn't, you know. That was it. I was hooked. Yeah. Uh, you know? So since then, since you've, you've made those adjustments, have you made more fine-tuning adjustments? Like, are you, like, for instance, do you, are you pre-bolusing meals is a question. Yes. Yeah. And, so uh, we have always tried to pre-bolus meals um, since we got the Dexcom. Now, I find that with a five-year-old, that can be very difficult sometimes. Yeah, you never know what they're really Well, you never know what they're going to eat. And number two, they're more impatient. Um, you know, we have a family, we have sports, we have all those things. So sometimes time is of the essence, you know, you got to feed them and get out. Um, I do find when we're eating a lower carb diet, if it's a lower carb meal, the pre-bolusing, although still very, very, very important, it doesn't have to be as far out because the foods that we're eating are not going to affect her as quickly. So it gives the insulin more time to work, right? It gives it a little bit more time to work. Um, you know, the more we pre-bolus, the flatter her line's going to be, but if we don't have time to pre-bolus, yes, we're going to get a little spike, but we're going to come back into, we're going to come back in a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, absolutely. We're not going to get as big of a spike um, as we would with a higher carb diet. So for me, I guess it's a little bit of laziness. (laughs) The lower carb allows me to not be as um, strict with some of those things, because I know that it's not going to hit her as fast. But what does that really mean when you're saying low carb? Like it's not, and, and does that just mean, did you cut out like a lot of prepackaged foods and. Right. So we don't eat a lot of prepackaged foods. Um, like meals are typically proteins, healthy fats, some fruits. Um, I make my own bread, which I think you do too. I do. yeah. Yeah. Um, I make a lot of my own baked goods for her when I can. Um, so we, we have, we've kind of learned together. She has preschool four days a week. So on Thursdays when she doesn't have preschool, that's baking day. And we kind of look at what we want to make. And it's kind of a fun activity for us. You know, we sit down, we decide what we're going to make. We get the stuff. And then she helps me with all of it. She's become quite 
pretty good at five. Yeah. Oh, I'm pretty impressed with how fast she's caught on, which is kind of exciting to me because I didn't learn how to cook until my child got diabetes. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I learned like last year, but no, that's great because even then she'll grow up with that skill that will definitely help her as a person living with type one too. And I feel like it's made a big difference in our family. You know, I feel a lot better. Um, eating a lower carb diet without a lot of the kind of more processed foods, I feel much, much better. I have a lot more energy than I ever did before. Um, and a lot less aches and pains. Um, kind of a surprising side effect. Um, my middle daughter has seen great improvement in her asthma and her, um, eczema. She's seen huge improvements there. I don't know. Is that because of the diet? I don't know. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm no doctor, but there's any number of, um, you know, um, kind of expose type movies that you can watch like food incorporated and stuff like that. I haven't watched any of this. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. They'll pretty much, they'll pretty much make you feel like everything you're eating is trying to kill you. I am really trying. Here's the thing. I, I don't really have any, um, brand wisdom. We're really just doing what is working for us, and we don't actually care if it works for anybody else. To be honest with you, we just want it to work for our family and our child. Um, and I, I was very careful. You know, I went and got my own blood work done when we after we had been doing this for a little while because I don't want to cause any other issues mm-hmm. based on this. I want to solve issues, not cause them. And it seems to be working for everybody. Um, Good for you. So we're happy with that. I mean, it does take some work, um, and we're definitely not experts at it yet. And Thanksgiving's next week, and so I've been working on that. And I am very lucky that my whole extended family has completely jumped on board um, when they're around Cassidy. It's not like they do it all the time, but they have completely jumped on board. Um, My dad, more than anybody else, um, he's been using kind of a lower-carb lifestyle for a while to lose weight. And so he's learned a lot this year, and I have too. And um, so lower carb, we're not super strict. You asked, am I looking for straight line or anything like that? No, I, I am not striving for perfection. I'm striving for her to feel really good, uh, really good all the time. So we aim, you know, right now she's done lunch and she's 140 according to the Dexcom. So, you know, definitely there was a little spike there, but she'll come back down into the low hundreds or high nineties. And that's where she'll kind of sit for the afternoon. Um, she's at preschool in the morning. So I aim to keep her between 100 and 120 for preschool. There's not a nurse there. Um, it's her teachers and, um, I'm watching her and I'm at the school a lot to kind of help out. So we try to aim to keep her there. Um, but that's that's our goal. That's good stuff. I mean, it, it really is because I think that in the end, you're not saying anything differently than I'm saying. You know, which right. is no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It, just it's, have learned to do it a different way than I think. I think I don't really know for sure, but I think a different way. Um, and I'm not saying that over time we may not introduce. I mean, when she gets to elementary school, it's a whole new ball game. There's a whole new ball game well, out. Yeah, we. I think I'm pretty sure that last Sunday night we ordered Chinese food for dinner. So, I mean, it's not like it doesn't happen. And I, I don't mean that it only happens once in a while. I'll, I'll make, you know, I'll make pizza at dinner sometimes and, you know, and we'll, we'll order out stuff. But, you know, she'll sometimes she'll just be like, I'm going to have a bagel. And I'm like, okay, you, you know, like, right. we're, you know, and make it work. 
Um, but it's this, it's the stuff that's processed that has more sugar in it than you think. And they find ways to hide the sugar in the ingredients, even, um, that jerks your blood sugar around and, and really makes it difficult to, to affect the, you know, a higher number and normally leaves you with a low at the end because you've used so much insulin front loaded, so much insulin that by the time that food breaks down in your body and disappears, there's sometimes the insulin's still left over. Right. You know, I mean, those little adjustments, like I have to be honest with you, I'm, I have to make a loaf of bread after you and I talk. It is not the most exciting thing I'm going to do today. And I do wish that as I was grocery shopping, I could just grab bread. But Arden takes a sandwich to school with her every day that doesn't make her blood sugar go to 400 anymore. Exactly. So So it's worth it. Yeah, so I make my own bread. And, you know, and do guys I know make fun of me? Yes. (laughs) I do get mocked frequently. Either. But at the same time, when she can go to school at preschool and it's a birthday at preschool and everybody else is having a cupcake Mm -hmm. and for her to have that cupcake, I would definitely have to go in and take care of that and give her insulin. And still she would probably have, you know, higher than I want blood sugars. If I can make my own. (laughs) It would work differently. Yeah. And at the same time, you know how to manage it when it's a real world, like a real world situation. There's going to be, a few hours from now, Arden is going to come home from school. She's going to go upstairs and disappear, take a shower, get changed, come back down because her and her girlfriends are going to out for pizza and then to see the Hunger Games movie. Right. So she, in a three and a half hour period, is going to eat pizza. I'm assuming drink diet soda and then probably have popcorn that probably almost doesn't have any actual corn in it. So right. it's and it's and I will handle all that with the Dexcom share. Like it won't be it won't be trouble. Um, but it's certainly not something that we should be doing every day. I don't want to out anybody, but I saw someone online yesterday and this seems like a great place to bring this up because I didn't think there was going to be any place I could talk about this. A person gets online and very earnestly just says, does anyone else see spikes with pop tarts? And like, there was part of me that just banged my head on the countertop. Like I was like, wow. There's a person in the world that doesn't understand that Pop-Tarts aren't food and aren't good for you. And I'm saying this as a person. I'm not judging you. My son eats Pop-Tarts a lot. He also doesn't have type 1 diabetes and plays baseball about 23 hours a day. So I'm pretty sure he could eat motor oil and he would be healthy because he's moving so much. I mean, right. you know, don't, you know, and trust well, me. But hopefully he knows that that's not. Yeah, I show him my stomach all the time and I'm like, the minute you stop doing this baseball thing, this is, this is not decent food. And don't get me wrong. He still eats well. He's 16. He comes home ravenous and eats whatever he can find. And and he's less Arden, such a vegetable and fruit person, and he's not. So we get as much vegetables and fruit and into him as we can. He eats a lot of chicken and kind of like lean protein and stuff like that. But at the same time, when he snacks, he does not snack well. And and it is really interesting. Like when I heard somebody say, like, I can't, you know, is anyone else seeing this? I thought, wow, like you didn't like. I know this is wrong, even, but I'm like, you didn't know a pop tart was going to make your blood sugar high, like. Okay, and then people explained it, and even as they were explaining it back, and it was a great conversation. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm not coming down on anybody. I, I think that's what the internet's for is to find, you know, when you can't figure out something, somebody can help you figure it out. But by the time that conversation ends, the the end of the conversation was basically you probably just shouldn't eat pop tarts, <laughs> you, you know, and and 
everybody was kind of like, okay. Like even the person that asked the question was like, all right, I get it better. Having said that, I could probably bolus for a pop tart. I could probably make it work, but man, it's a lot of work. Like it's a lot of work. Pre boluses and extended boluses, and you know, watching on the back end for lows, and and you know, probably right. probably bolusing a second time to stop a spike, and all this stuff. At some point, I like what you're saying. Like maybe just life doesn't need to be that hard. You, you, you know, not that you don't, not that you can't do it sometimes, but every day is just too much. You and know? I think that was what what caused us to really stick with this. That I needed to have something that we could be doing that was making it a little bit easier until we get our feet under us. I feel like that first year of diagnosis is really tough, and you're dealing with so much fear and emotion and sadness and all of that like something's got to be easy something has to make it just a little easier now don't get me wrong it's not much easier yeah no i understand but but at least it doesn't come with the anxiety of a high blood sugar or um right. you know and and i'm going to record an episode in a, in a week with a person who i met online who was you know i don't know where it's going to fall so where where people can go back or forward to find it but she had a, her kid's CGM graph, and it was crazy, like 400 peaks that took a long time to resolve and over and over again. And again, she was looking for help online. And I just said to her, I'm like, I don't know what happened. I just I was sitting there watching television. And I was like, I, I, I really this is making me feel terrible. And I contacted her directly. And I said, if you call me, I bet you in 10 minutes we could make adjustments where this wouldn't happen to you anymore. And by Sunday, she sent me another graph that is just it's night and day. Right. And and, and it, it ends up being, it isn't that she didn't know what she was doing. She had, it was the doctor wasn't giving her good advice. She was trying to follow what the doctor was saying. And at the same time, she was noticing things like you're talking about, like, I should probably be doing this. I should probably be doing that, but didn't have the courage to do it because no one was saying it was okay. Right. And I, so I was just sort of like, do that. Like, trust me, try it, you know? Right. And, um, and just like that from 400 to 110. Like, you know, and, and, and I just think that that is, there are, there are simple adjustments that everyone could make that would help their blood sugar a little bit in one way or another. And I'm not saying it's across the board or that everybody could do the same thing or that everybody's situation is the same, but I'm all for making it a little easier or a lot easier because, and the reason I bring her up is because those high blood sugars, besides being something terrible for the health of the ch- of the person who's who's living with it, the anxiety and the guilt that it was bringing to her is just unprecedented. You, you, you know, and and you're talking about living a, a nicer day. You can't live a great day when you're spending 24 hours a day feeling like you are making decisions that are failing your child's health because that is how it makes you feel. How it's, that is how, that's exactly where I was right before we started that. I, I am trying like, as hard as I can and I'm and not I'm getting any of this. I'm still killing my child yeah, every yeah, and, day. And that's what it feels like. And right. It was horrible. And yeah. I could not, I said mentally, I could not handle it anymore. Mm-hmm. So something had to change. And we still have, you know, we still have times where it, 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 it's diabetes. So sometimes oh, please. you can do everything yeah. and it just, you know. Of course. No, of course. Like that. I'm that's not saying I'm, I'm not saying that I or anybody else is perfect at it. I'm just no. saying, yeah, no, no. I think it's possible. <laughs> no, I, yeah, right. It's nuts. But, and it also makes me think about like people with diabetes, like forget kids who are being helped by parents like you, 
But like, what about like 25 or 35 or 45 or 55 year old people who are again, making the best decisions that they know how to make and not having any success, you, you know, like, so, so I know what it feels like when I feel like I'm doing it to my kid. I think the problem is, is that when you're doing it to yourself, I, and I can only take my experience on like my own dieting and my own health. There's a moment where you really do give yourself over to the fact like, well, I'm not, I'm not sick today. So it's not hurting me that bad. You, you, you know, like, like my diet's not great for me. I know that. And you kind of push it down the road in your mind. Like, oh, you know, this isn't a problem now. I'll fix it before it becomes a problem. And I think when it's, when it's for you, it's probably easier. And I don't know for sure, but it's probably easier to ignore you know, and then you get your blood sugar gets a little high and you get brain fog. And then that must make it more difficult. You're saying your daughter only wants to watch television. Like imagine if she was 30 and, you know, she had to fight through that to, to find the will to take care of herself. You, you know, that was where the emotions, my husband described that his mother cried every day. Right. She cried every single day. And, you know, as he was learning more about having diabetes, he like her blood sugars were probably all over the place. And she probably never felt good. And I think him realizing that was, I think, really hard for him. First of all, he had some empathy for his mother. And second of all, he just definitely didn't want that for our child. You look, um, ba- you look back on your life and you think, well, yeah. that, that was happening and I didn't know. When and I, she, and he know, didn't know. He but, didn't realize. Um and I don't know that she had, she didn't have the tools available. Sure. No, I would um, imagine not. Or the education or anything like that. And so you just think, okay, well, something has to be different then. We have to do things differently. Yeah. Um, and that's what we really have tried very hard to do. And we've tried to get her as involved as we can in it. Um, and we're, you know, we're still learning. Today, today for school, you know, they wanted to do something and, had candy involved and once again i i try very hard not to go into school to dose her because i want her to have that independence from me so they were going to do candy and i said okay let me see if i can find something so i found orange tic tacs which i thought would work well apparently if you eat 15 20 orange tic tacs (laughs) (laughs) that's that's, enough to bump it around a little bit that's enough to give you a pretty good spike so i could see on you know on my on my night scale i'm like oh what did she, what happened here? Yeah, there's, it's funny how some foods do things you don't expect them to do. Now, I, I'm going to tell you right out of the gate, I don't let my daughter drink very much Diet Mountain Dew. But every once in a while, she has, it's one of those things, like, she'll be in the grocery store and she'll be like, get a tiny little, like, can six-pack of Diet Mountain Dew for me. And they're only, like, six-ounce cans. They're the tiniest thing. I can tell when she starts drinking them because her blood sugar becomes very stubborn and it's hard to move. Huh. And and you wouldn't think that there's any reasoning for that. And maybe I'm completely wrong, but I've seen it enough times now to know that I just generally don't want her to drink it. Right. Like it does something to her that makes her blood sugar like impossible to affect. Right. And and so, you know, Tic Tacs, like what is it? You know, you're probably in your mind, you're like one and a half calorie breath mint. Yeah. Right. Well, I kind of <laughs> just thought, okay, I mean, she's had Tic Tacs before, but she's had one or two. They didn't seem to make much of an effect. Right. But I think whatever they were doing with them. She had more. Yeah. <laughs> she had more. <laughs> funny. And, you know, sure enough. Now, so I asked her, what did, what happened at school today? And she told me. And I said, oh, okay. All right. Well, that was it. Okay. 
So we got it right back down. It came right back down. All right, this is life. That's and what you'll, happens. And you'll learn and you'll be able right. to do it. And what would I have done differently? I would have had to have gone into school to dose her for that. Okay. You well, know, how does that how does that work at, at preschool? Are, will they not give her insulin? Um, at this point, we're just not there yet. Okay. Um, you know, we're still relatively new. And so if I have to give it to her, I just go in and take care of it. It's very good, close to our house. But I try, I try as hard as I can to stay out to give her that independence. And um, so, so a meal doesn't really occur at... Right. Yeah. It's only okay. two hours. So I try really hard not to be in there. Yeah, no, I Every get that. once in a while, you know, I've got to go in there, whether the, the, the breakfast bolus didn't go quite the way it was planned, or we have a pump. We did have a pump failure there one day. Just what, and, switch a pump? Uh, well, I went and gave her an injection. You did the then. injection, right. Yeah, and just said, okay, we'll change the pump when you get home. Um, you know, so every once in a while I have to go in there, or maybe she's having a lower day where she's riding a little low, so I'll sit, I'll hang out. Just to make sure everything's okay. Do you ever try cutting back the basil just to get the a low to bump up a little bit? Oh yes, yeah, absolutely. That works. It's one of the best parts of having a pump is yes, it's yeah. ter- it's one of the and, and or pumping up a basil to maybe make something move right. that was moving. Oh please, absolutely. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And we're still, you know, that's all part of this. We're still kind of learning that process. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah, especially a year in. A year's very. Yeah. Very short. Soon, yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say it's not it's not a lot of time. It sounds like you have a really fantastic grasp on it in a short amount of time. I'm- I think I've read a lot. I mean, I, once again, I say things like the, a blog like yours and some of the Facebook pages that I found. You can learn a lot very quickly. Now you have to take it all with a grain of salt, and you've got to be very careful about what you're doing. But um, I think that that has really helped us because we don't really know anybody else. Yeah, there's any, no one to talk to. I we mean, don't have any other children with type 1 diabetes that we can say, hey. I think that's most people's situation. There's, right. That's why the internet's on. so valuable for this, right. if, if nothing I else. I mean, just the other day listening to your podcast, my husband and I both listened to the podcast with um, the woman from Integrated Diabetes Solutions. Jenny. Jenny. Yeah. And we picked up two or three tips, actually used one of them last night, and... You know, didn't work perfect, but much better results than what we had had in the past. It was, that was, I, I mean, I, I wrote it on your Facebook page. That, that was one of the best podcasts oh, that I've you. heard. Thanks. It was just so much. We listened to it twice because oh. there was so much valuable information. Well, that's just cool. little but, tweaks, little tweaks. Yeah. Um, that, that no doctor's office is necessarily going to tell you in a visit, in mm. an office visit. Um, but that can really impact. And just make it a little bit easier. No, I agree. I really do agree. Yeah. That was that was a, a special, you know, especially good feeling when I got done recording that with her. Like sometimes I get done and I'm like, oh, that's fun, or this one was going to be entertaining, or wow, that person told this story that people are really going to like. When I got done with her, I was like, I hope people listen to this, like start to finish, you, you yeah. know, like really something. So, and yeah. for some of us, you know, we don't have the resources to go. Uh, meet with Integrated Diabetes Solution. I've read right. the book and I've been on their you know, web page and everything like that, but we don't have the resources to do that. So for us to be able to get some of that is just huge. I That's agree. huge. I, and I know you're interviewing some other people and I cannot wait to hear some of those. Uh, I don't want to give anything away, but no, I. No, no. Um, yeah, Stephen Ponder's going to be around here. 
And, um, you know, I just did a a scientist from the JDRF. I'm about to talk to somebody from the ADA. Like, you know, it really, you know, I, I think it would be trite to say that the podcast is a labor of love, but I definitely wanted to find a way to get the blog into a different space where I thought it might be able to help more people. And, uh, and I think it's working. So I'm pretty excited. You know. I think so too. I mean, because I have never listened to a podcast before, so I know you've been on one and you've I, listened to one. Yes. Well, how about that? All right. <laughs> of course, it's the same one, so I don't know how much that counts. But <laughs> I don't know if that counts. But I, I, at least I, we're right up on an hour, so I really yes. appreciate you reaching out and with so much enthusiasm. And I'm sorry because you are. It took me a while to get back to you, and I would get back to you and then not answer you again, and then get back to you and not answer you again, and I feel terrible about that. I'm all right but, with that. You're right. a stay-at-home dad who has a job. <laughs> I'm a stay-at-home mom who has a job too. It worked out okay. This is the way. This is the way life is. Yeah. Well, I, I again, thanks for sharing. You know your story and Cassidy's and and uh, and I hope I, I really think people will get something out of it. I think all these conversations are valuable. Like I really do. So I just think sometimes it's valuable just to somebody else talking about diabetes. That's a real person, really in there with a child. I just think that that's huge and invaluable. No, so I, I thank you for doing what you're doing. Stop it. It's helped me more times than I can say. So thank you very much for doing what you're doing. Well, that makes me feel much better than you would imagine. So <laughs> I, I, I appreciate that so much. I, well, good um, luck to you and Arden. Thanks again. All right. Thank you. Thanks so much to Omnipod for sponsoring this episode of the juice box podcast don't forget myomnipod.com forward slash demo or the links in your podcast app or on juiceboxpodcast.com if you're enjoying the juice box podcast and let's be honest if you're still listening at the end of the episode and you're not enjoying it well then you're a sadist that doesn't make any sense but i'm gonna go with you're enjoying the juice box podcast hey go to itunes leave a rating leave a review let other people know how much you like the show good ratings and reviews move the show up in rankings on itunes and it makes it easier for other people to find it's pretty much that simple see you next week oh and by the way in episode 59 i'm talking to the future you in episode 59 i'm going to announce a giveaway and it's going to rock and you are going to love it and you are going to say oh my god that giveaway rocks i love it see you soon